Disaster, a podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm here with my co-host, Lee. Hey. And a special guest that we'll get to in a second. Okay. And you're joining us for our Tragedy Tuesdays, the mini episodes about disasters that aren't so many. And this is a companion to the last three episodes we did about nuclear disasters. Mm, we're not and done yet. Specifically, it's it's kind of cheating. We didn't do part. We didn't do three parts about Chernobyl, but this is kind of like a part two and a half about Chernobyl. Yeah, well, epilogue. But we'll get to that in a sec. If you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is subscribe, leave a review, and the best, best thing you can do is tell a friend to listen. Make new friends, tell them all to listen. Just just don't shut up about our podcast if you like it. That'd People be fantastic. People love podcasts. You know, you at someone right now. Be like, hey, at friend, at this disaster pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be like, is this you? Yeah. Did you get hacked? <laughs> <laughs> also check us out, www.thisdisasterpod.com. <clears throat> Today, we're going to be talking about a different topic, courtesy of someone that I think I know pretty well. Hi, everyone. I'm Gary. Hi, Hi Gary. Gary. <laughs> I am Peter's wife, but yes. I also happen to be talking about the long-term mental health impacts of the Chernobyl accident. What gives you the right to talk about psychology? <laughs> So I have a bachelor's and a master's degree in biology, right. and then I have a PhD in psychology, and I teach university level courses in psychology. Do you know anything about psychology, though? Um, <laughs> you know, who does? That's like a philosophical <laughs> question. What, what is, is other podcast? Okay. Yeah. That's a different disaster. Those are some pretty solid credentials. Well, thank you. So, so yeah, what are we talking about today? Well, yeah, we're going to be talking about the long-term mental health impacts of Chernobyl, but okay. also other, well, okay, spoiler, but okay. also through my island a little bit. <gasps> okay, I cool. know. If you want the full background, check out episode one and two of Chernobyl and our Three Mile Island Tragedy Tuesday. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. We'll right I have speed. totally listened to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I so, listened to them while we were doing them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so I'm sorry if I... You know, maybe go over something that you guys have already gone over. It's all good. Yay. Um, anyway, I did want to, before we start, I yes. wanted to say that I was in Eastern Europe when this accident happened. Wow. I was one year old. Well, no, I was nine months old. I think. <laughs> wow. Okay. I what do you remember? I remember nothing, but I did interview my parents a little bit earlier oh, nice. today. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I've been preparing for this for weeks. <laughs> nice. um, and I did ask them about what their experience and stuff. And, yeah. and just to give you an idea, so we were in Bulgaria yeah, and that's yeah. about a thousand kilometers away, okay. which seems like a really big number, but really isn't that big because the right. winds just took it all over Europe. Right. Based on everything I just heard yeah. in the last episode, Sweden. I'm going to say it's not that. Sweden had it. <laughs> Sweden got it. Yeah, exactly. So it was, I think actually Sweden got the the, orig the initial thing. If you mm -hmm. look at the, you guys should post that cloud. We will. It's check a really our, cool YouTube video about like the time and the way the cloud disperses. It's Sweden, really neat. Check our, check our show notes and yeah. social medias. Yeah. Just Do it. Um, so you were in Bulgaria, you lived in Bulgaria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, uh, it was under communist rule. Like yeah, we right. weren't part of the Soviet Union, but we were, yeah, under we were regime. under, yeah, yep. pretty much. Okay. And I guess it took about two to three days for the Bulgarian news to actually announce anything. Okay. And that's partly mm. because there was all these like rumors seeping in from the South, like Greece and other places, I guess, that right. were like something's happening right. and the government didn't want to say anything. So it took a few fine. days. Um, <laughs> and so my parents were in Bulgaria at the time yep. and my mom was a, a new mom. Right. Cause we're going to yeah. be talking about mothers quite yeah. a bit as a risk group. But anyway, me and my twin sister were one mm -hmm. or nine no, months, I guess. Yep. And then my older sister was five ish. 
Okay. Okay. So they had young kids, exactly the demographic we're going to be talking about uh, a little bit later. And the government did hide what happened. They said there was absolutely nothing to worry about. You know, everything was fine. Everything was under control, pretty much like what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. 25th, the meltdown. 28th is when they actually acknowledged that something happened. Right. Yeah. So there was, yeah, exactly. So nothing happened. What are you guys talking about? We're, everything's good. And I guess the health minister came on and was saying, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Let (laughs) your kids play in the grass. Like do whatever. Um, But then after that, they kind of did admit something happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But apparently before they admitted, my mom was super skeptical, but my dad was like, no, of course, (laughs) they're totally telling us the truth. And so my parents were laughing about that. That's pretty funny. You know, 30, years later you can laugh about it but yeah your mom's got a giant i told you so yeah basically yeah (laughs) they were there and you know one believed them one didn't but about five days after the accident i guess there was a really heavy rain my mom says she actually remembers it was like may 2nd she said right and there was a really heavy rain and uh i guess it brought all the particles down probably the I don't know, the core bits. I don't know whatever you guys were talking about. That was a about. toxic, that was a, a cloud. Yeah, we exactly. Had to, we had to do yada some stuff. Let's say like radiation came fallout. Down. Yeah, yeah, sure. Fallout. So yeah. the fallout went down. And then I guess my older sister was playing out the entire day oh. with her friends, like out the day after it all came okay. down with the rain. Okay. So then my mom got really worried about it after uh-huh. that okay. because she was like, well, they're both physicians. So they know about how yeah, DNA right. can damage or how radiation can damage DNA and all this stuff. So... It was uh it wasn't a good time. No, that's no. terrifying. Pretty Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like a five year old is just playing around yeah. outside. And back in the day you could just leave your five year old to play outside all day. <laughs> <laughs> just look out the window a couple times. <laughs> Yeah, okay, she's safe. Yeah. In Soviet Russia, Russia <laughs> plays with you. Mm. <laughs> sure does. Yeah, and then they were also saying how they have these giant lettuces. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, yeah, apparently, awesome. like, because they were used to tiny lettuce. I mean, this was, like, communist Bulgaria. Yeah, like, right. you don't really have a lot of produce, and if you have it, it's tiny. Yeah. So my mom said we were getting, like, they were getting giant lettuce. <laughs> They're still unsure if it was, like, irradiated lettuce that so was giant or uh. if it was just being imported right. from other places. Oh, they're that getting had, rid of all their parties. She, yeah. she, I think they, they think that it was because it was irradiated, <laughs> but she said like only she ate it. She's like, no, I'm okay. Did I'm they, the only one who's going to eat did, this. Did it glow in the dark? Did the fridge light burn out, but it was okay <laughs> yeah. because they had this irradiated Not that I'm aware of. I okay. should have. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and then she did say that in kindergarten though, like the government made this special food available to children yeah. that was supposed to be safer or like grown from protected things. Okay. So my older sister would just eat that in kindergarten. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like some weird wafer. I don't know what it was, (laughs) but it was like special food that hasn't been irradiated. Sure. Special unradiated food. Yeah. I I bet (laughs) you, again, knowing knowing the Soviet mentality, it's just like food that they were like, (laughs) that's fine. (laughs) You just blow the dust off of it. It's It's good. No, it's good. Yeah. Who knows what it was? They're just saying, yeah, whatever. It's fine. Um, But yeah, so in general, I was just asking them what their feelings were at the time. Mm. My mom said that, you know, she was worried because she had young children and she was worried about their safety. My twin sister and I, though, we were in the buggy or whatever in the stroller. So mm. we weren't really ever exposed to the fallout that was on the ground. But my right. older sister was, which right. explained some things about her. <laughs> Hi, she listens to this podcast. She does listen to this podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway. Does she glow in the dark? We got some splaining to do. <laughs> That's pretty much it. She said she was worried. My dad really wasn't. So my dad was kind of the comforting force right. in the family. <laughs> and uh, and then the, the health minister kept coming out and saying that mm. everything was totally fine. Right, right. The whole I think time. that's maybe a common 
Yeah. That's like a nice wife dynamic, sort of. Oh, yeah. Maybe the wife is worrying a little too much and the dad not nearly enough. (laughs) No, we've talked about that in a few disasters. I'm thinking Fire of London, a few other ones where wife is like grabbing the kids and running out the door while dad's like... That's like... Let's wait it out. Let's see. <laughs> I yeah. don't want to have to yep. do anything. Yep. Yeah, that sounds like our dynamic. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> That's it for my little, hey, look, I was there. Hey, cool. So and you are, you're doubly qualified. Yeah. I, uh, I don't really remember much, to be fair, but <laughs> fair, I was sure. nine yeah, months fair. old. But yeah. I mean, we didn't move until 1991 out of there. So yeah, I you guess. probably grew up with the stories with your parents. Really? We didn't talk about it that much. Right. Maybe because they tried to keep it under wraps, but who knows yeah, right. the government. But let's get actually into it. Let's talk about the mental health. The, the most of the information is gonna that I'm talking about today comes from his book called Mental Health and Disasters. Ooh, how appropriate. Wow. Yeah. I know. Taylor and it's made. a specific right. chapter that I'm going to be talking about by Evelyn Bromet and Johan Havenar. I'm sure I pronounced those poorly, but <laughs> it was it came out in 2009. Okay. okay. And these two are amazing researchers in this field in terms right. of mental health. And they did Three My Island. Yeah. He did tons of research on Chernobyl mm-hmm. and so really between the two of them, they're kind of like the gurus of radiation yeah. effects on mental health. Yeah. So pretty awesome. A little bit of background again on the area for those of you who might have not tuned into the other Chernobyl things, but mm-hmm. this one. How dare you? Uh, yeah. So Pripyat housed about 50,000 people, and yeah. this is workers and their families. Mm-hmm. At the time of the nuclear, I guess, Explosion? Yeah. Meltdown and explosion. It? Meltdown and explosion. Yeah, yeah. Most pregnant women were told to have abortions, but not why. They were just like That's a hell of a- voluntold to have abortions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Reportedly, most complied. I don't know if that's true or not, right. or if it's just the reports wow. from sure. the Soviet Union. Totally did right. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know exactly, but that's right. that's kind of what's written. It's disconcerting. Yeah. And, <laughs> you need to have an abortion right now. Uh, why? Doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. Don't and ask why. Estimates do vary. Um, and I think you had a different number about okay. this, but about... 600,000 people were Mm -hmm. sent in as emergency or cleanup personnel. It depends on which number and what group. Yeah, yeah, this this is in the Chernobyl Forum in 2006. So that's how many they said, 600,000. Okay, yeah, so exactly. I talked about a few different groups of numbers. Oh, I see, okay. Many numbers. most of these people were given no protective equipment. Yeah, right. And 134 emergency workers were treated for radiation sickness and of those, 31 died. Mm -hmm. Are those similar to your numbers? Yeah, Yeah. 31 death. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think the workers, maybe the worker number that I had included military personnel and other people okay. that came through the site, but 31 deaths. Yeah. yeah. Now, what happened to the evacuees? Most of them were sent to Kiev. At that point, you needed a visa and it was hard for them to, to go there. And imagine how stressful it would be. And then you can't even get into the city. Right. And then they were given apartments that were previously promised to the local populace. Ah. Uh, okay. So not only are you making right. them hate you right. yeah. because right you're taking the their apartments that yeah. were for them, but they were also stigmatized and treated with fear and super hostile, right? Because it's like, you're diseased. You're yeah. going to disease me with your radiation. We yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. that mentality a little bit. Yeah. Like, once you get the clothes off and you're washed, you're not contagious, no. but uninformed, you would assume that. Oh, absolutely. Well, you're you know, don't sound too close to me. Different? It's kind of like when people who have prostate cancer have the the radiation implant into their prostate and then they aren't really allowed to go near little kids because they are radioactive. (laughs) I assume that's what people thought back then, but that's not true. As soon as you're out of the area and wash your clothes and wash yourself. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. The one with Cher. Moonstruck. 
mermaids. I think it was called Silkwood. Am I right in that at all? No, I don't know. But I'm she gets right. like hosed down, and I'm pretty sure she gets like brushed hard with like a brush. Share? Okay, maybe I'm totally wrong. Do you believe in life after love? Share? <laughs> yeah, she was in movies. You like guys? A, no, I know. I know. Like Moonstruck. Moonstruck. And Mermaids. Mermaids. <laughs> okay, well, we should look this up. We should. Anyway. I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, but really, like, once they scrub you down, you take off, like, that first, I think, layer of skin and yeah. stuff that's yeah, been yeah, irradiated. Yeah. You're fine. Yep. You're good. Um, anyway, but they didn't think so. Sure. And at that time, I think you mentioned this a little bit, mm. but even though legislation did pass for evacuees to have these special medical benefits, mm. they were really meager. And right. most of them didn't even happen. Yeah. People were like, yeah. I get these benefits, but they weren't actually given the benefits. Yeah, right. And in general, at that point, I mean, the economy wasn't great in the Soviet Union. <laughs> Nothing was great in the Soviet Union. No. I actually really? remember some of this. And we would go into the grocery store and there would be like three things on the on on the shelves. Like not, nothing. Not, not three types of things. No, no, just three, <laughs> three things. things. And if you didn't get there first thing in the morning, and like my parents were telling me one year they didn't have any meat. So my granddad went out to some random farm and bribed a farmer to kill his pig so the, the family could have food yep. to eat that year. Because so, you can't just buy the pig because that's state property that right. goes to the state, right? Okay. I guess so. I don't. I didn't know yeah, that part. Bribe but, well, no, like if you're producing something, it goes to the state because the state oh, provides for everyone. Yeah, so that's why they need to And that's why them. there's plenty of food in all the grocery stores and that's why everyone's prosperous. Oh, I see. Yeah, hmm. so anyway, there was these stories and I mean, I didn't know when I was young about all this stuff, but right. now hearing about it, you know, you really get an idea of just how do. bad it was. Yeah. And so in 1991, when the Soviet Union actually collapsed, each country was then responsible for their own evacuees and their own cleanup workers. Right. It's like, oh, we've washed our hands of this. Yeah. Hey, yeah, it yeah, happened yeah. in the Ukraine. Now it's going to be Ukraine's yeah. issue. Yeah, right. right? But yeah. do you remember as a kid sort of going without or I, things being I pretty? No, I don't. I don't actually remember that. I do remember the rolling blackouts. Okay. It would be like two hours on, two hours off okay. of, of power. And so... <laughs> We would just have to play games with my parents in the kitchen with candles and stuff for two hours right. until the power came back on. Sure. I'm pretty sure one time I got stuck with my granddad in the elevator for two hours because we just didn't make it home in time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that I do remember. Okay. Not so much about like not having food and stuff. Mm. I think I kids know. just roll with things. Kind like, yeah. A they're lot really resilient. We We're going to touch on that actually. Yeah. Hey, like and, we and see things through minutes. our adult eyes and yeah. kids it's like. What, there's food? I had food? Yeah. I'm fine. It's kind of fun. Everything's got fine. stuck in an elevator. Yeah, exactly. But then it was okay. <laughs> yeah, my granddad and I had fun, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, back to it. By 91, when it collapsed, they were already facing poverty, scarcity, super hard pressed for anything, let alone trying to figure out the people that, you know, what's 1991 minus 1986? Five. Yep. Is it five? Yeah. Yep. Can you cut this out? <laughs> nope. This is staying in. <laughs> no. This is in hard. You're a psychologist. You didn't say mathematicians. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm really bad at math. Um, uh, but anyway, so five years later, I mean, they were, it was even worse and everyone's still scared about what happened, but sure. you don't have any resources to deal with it. Yep. And as a matter of fact, the World Bank said that at that time, Ukraine had a poverty rate of about 30%, which is huge. <sighs> That's, yeah. Poverty and, rate. Yeah. Man. And urban areas were particularly short on mm -hmm. food and clothing. And so where did everyone go? To Kiev. And what is that? That's the capital. So yeah. you're already struggling and you also yeah. are dealing with this fallout. <laughs> Unintended. Well, yeah. yeah. I like yeah. It. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Yeah. Also, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, most of the newly independent countries did have a huge rise in mortality, mostly mm. from cardiovascular disease, lots of smoking, lots of alcohol-related disease. Wow. And in general, the life expectancy took a huge hit. And 
there was a lot of STIs going around, Jeez. especially in adolescence. Do you think some of that is also reporting? The Iron Curtain yeah, maybe, fell yeah. and now like we now actually the truth see. Is out. Yeah. We're literally going to cover that, right? Okay. Now. But no, you're right. For the most part, you're right. It's, it's hard to have any kind of perspective baseline. Especially when before. your government's like, everyone, everything's fine. Everyone's prosperous. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, everyone's good. We yeah. don't send them to. Health is yeah. never been better. We've got the best health. The best health. Perfect health. <laughs> yeah. They, s- they step perfect. out of the picture and boom. Yeah. So speaking of these kind of population studies, we talk about epidemiology, which Mm -hmm. is the study of diseases in populations Mm -hmm. and how, when and where they occur. We don't have anything prior to 1986 right? Right. because you can't do that on a closed country, something behind the Iron Curtain, right? So we have no population-based statistics. We have no baseline at all to compare to before and after Mm -hmm. what happened. Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. Only starting really in the mid-1990s was this kind of research able to even get started. One of the most controversial aspects of this whole disaster is how much radioactivity was absorbed by each person yeah, right. okay. within that 30 kilometer evacuation yeah. zone yeah, 30 mm-hmm. or exclusion zone. Yeah. Vacu- what are you? Is this the, the same thing? Zone. The exclusion zone? Yeah, it okay. Like- so according to the Chernobyl Forum in 2006, mm-hmm. and I kind of wish I was here when Nuclear Norm was here because he <laughs> has some things to say about the measurements. All right, yeah. So he think <laughs> you guys were talking about Rengans yeah. and then and then Grays. Yeah. I'm going to talk about Millis Milli Sievert. So sure. I don't know where that falls in the spectrum. There's a well. lot of measurements. I think yeah. no, you're you're on team Norm with the Sieverts. Oh, am I? Okay. okay. Yay. It's a good team to be on. Yeah, yeah. Norm, I miss you. <laughs> According to this Chernobyl forum in 2006, mm-hmm. the average dose was around 33 millisieverts. Okay. And this sure. is from people for from the spring to the summer of 1986. Okay. Okay. Of course, this info is a reconstruction. We don't have the actual measurements. This All is right. kind of like what we think, what the average is. And some people got much higher. Obviously, the ones that died. Like yeah. They did not only get that. Do you have a base? Like what's a millisievert? I do. Like, okay. So if you go to Chernobyl now yeah. and yeah. you spend an hour on the grounds, you get six millisieverts. Okay. And they had? 33. Okay. Okay. Mm. A yearly release limit by the EPA for nuclear power plant is 250 micro. Okay. Sievers. Wow. So <laughs> much <a problem>. less. <laughs> but, but yeah. I have a couple more comparisons. Okay, okay. A CT scan on your chest is yeah. around six or 5.8 millisieverts. Okay. okay. So higher, but not so stupidly So a visit to high. Chernobyl now is like getting a CT scan. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem that it's that high because even today, U.S. radiation workers have a limit of 50 millisieverts per year. Okay. So even though this was just the spring and the summer of 1986 that people right. were getting it. So they were, it, it, it's not a huge amount, but it's not nothing. Right. Yeah, let's sure put it that getting way. It. Yep. All right. So now that we've cleared that up a little bit about epidemiology and stuff, let's move into mental health. What do you guys think mental health research was like in 1980s Soviet, the Soviet <sighs> Union, huh? Comprehensive, cutting and edge, very sympathetic, forward thinking. Yeah. You know, you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> said no was it one. With the hammer? No, said okay. no one. Um, I'm say no, really. Non-existent. Absolutely. Non-existent, yeah. super stigmatized. As a matter of fact, we kind of still find that even in North America quite mm-hmm, often. Sure. It's very stigmatized. But yeah. specifically in Soviet Russia, political dissidents were often put into mental institutions. Right. Like, oh. You, yeah, we don't like you, no. so we're yeah. gonna you throw go you into us. this mental institution. You don't agree with the state, you must be crazy. You're crazy, yeah, clearly. Basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, I hate that word because that propagates sure. stigma, but yes, I was using it I ironically. I, know. Yeah. I, get, I get it, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Western idea of mental health didn't actually apply at all in mm-hmm. these places, right. and it's still doesn't really there unfortunately and you know really lagging behind on the let's talk about stigma yeah 
if you think about it, even in North America, we still also stigmatize. Of and it sucks. Yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I work on is to try to get people sure. to get away from that. Absolutely. I'd say it's gotten better, but yeah. it's baby, baby steps. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. In Ukraine specifically, mm. the Ukrainian Psychiatric Association wasn't actually formed until 1991. Okay. And then that <laughs> paved the way for research. Right. It only started in 1991 that we were able to start doing research on Chernobyl, which happened five years prior. Already, yeah, clock's running. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. People are moving away. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move into the actual mental health effects. Uh, There were some studies that were done really shortly after the accident, but they weren't peer-reviewed. They were all in Russian. The methodology was super inconsistent. So the first actual studies that we have that were English and well done, methodologically mm-hmm. speaking, were seven years after the accident. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so not not great, right? Already no. we're not starting at a great no. point. Yeah. A lot um, of conjecture at that point. Right. Yeah. And one was from a Russian-Finnish collaboration, mm-hmm. and they studied 325 people residing in a contaminated village in Bryansk. Ooh. I don't know if I said that right. It sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is on the western border of Russia and, mm. and Ukraine. Yeah. Okay. As compared to about 300 people that were living in an uncontaminated village in the same region. Okay. Mm. They were asked this general health questionnaire, super not specific at all about mental health, right. but you can kind of get the gist of it. Yeah. Uh, it was super broad screening and they looked for any currently happening anxiety or depressive Symptoms and yeah. something that they called minor mental disorders. I did air quotes on that. You sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Minor mental disorders. So it's like nothing. It's it's really not comprehensive at all, but right. it's what we've got sure. here. Sure, yeah. Um, findings of the study were that the rate of minor mental disorder was about 48% in exposed women versus 34% in controls. And they didn't actually find any difference in men. Oh. Maybe there was that thing we were talking about with men right. just being like, ah, not enough. Yeah, men, men, men didn't care and yes. they continued not caring. <laughs> we, yeah. Uh, the second study was from a Dutch-Russian-Belarusian physicians collaboration. And so this is one of the, Johan Havnar was one of the researchers here. So the, the guy who wrote what I'm telling you about, right, okay. he did the study. And again, this was seven years later. He, he did, you know, 1,600 adults in Gomel, which is very badly contaminated, and mm. 14 hundred controls in Dever. Did you talk about any of these places? No. Oh, okay. I kind of purposely left this for you. Mm. Okay, sure. A similar region, but that wasn't exposed to radiation. Right. So again, they did the GHQ, which is the general health questionnaire. So mm. everyone did it. But then what they did was they separated those into high and low subgroups. Okay. So people that scored high and right. people that scored low. Then they went on and did standardized psychiatric examination by psychiatrists ah, and physical step. examinations by specially trained physicians. Okay. So some steps in the right direction. What do you think were the results? Tell me. Tell me. Enlighten me. <laughs> people that lived closer to the plant were more stressed, more anxious. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's pretty okay. much right. Yeah. I know, good job. <laughs> so Gomel, the people that lived in this high contaminated area yeah. were more symptomatic on the GHQ in general. Okay. All their self-report scales and they also rated their physical health more poorly in general. Mm-hmm. The risk factors here being if you were female. Again, there's kind of this common theme. Mm. Do you think it has anything to do, maybe you'll get into this, but do you think it has to 
do with like a statewide announcement that all females have to get abortions? I so mean, women are more worried. Maybe, might have yeah, right off the bat yeah. been a factor. Like I guarantee yeah. if it was like statewide announcement, all, all men, men must be castrated. Or, <laughs> or castrated. I bet you you'd One see some differences One of these is, is worse than the other. Yeah. We either have a vasectomy or be castrated. Yeah. Okay, so we'll all kill ourselves then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so being female was a risk factor. Having young children was another. Makes sense. And right. being relocated from Chernobyl, obviously. Yeah. Or like from Pripyat. Pripyat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sidebar, because I know how much you guys hey, love sidebars. I just want to talk briefly about the effects of warning someone. So if you're warning someone about something, you might actually be priming them to look for those things. Sure. Mm -hmm. Right? If I'm like, oh, do you maybe have lice? Like right. you do, and All then of you're sudden kind my of head, now my head's itchy. Exactly yeah. <laughs> right. So you're kind of priming someone to be looking for something. So yeah. if you're warning people, have an abortion. Yeah. Be really careful. <laughs> Maybe your child's gonna be something. It's gonna yep. be glowing and right. three eyes or who knows what. Ontario residents have a direct example with that alert we got about oh, yeah. pickering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just got a, we got a message for those that don't know on our There's phones, sort of pushed to everyone that says. There was not a nuclear incident at Pickering. There is no reason for concern. Yeah. Now I'm shitting my pants. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. So you can really start to be nervous about this. Yeah, and sure. you can develop a negative bias actually towards your own mental or physical health with respect to the trauma that you've experienced, right? You right. know about radiation or maybe you know just enough to be scared. You don't right. know enough to not be scared. Right. You know just enough to be freaked out. Yeah. I know Hiroshima, so I'm scared. So I'm scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alternatively, though, I just touch briefly on this. Um, if we're always experiencing warnings on everything, like think about warning labels on yeah. literally everything <laughs> that we have. Yeah. We kind of start not to care about we them anymore. Them. We That's become true. desensitized to them. So. Yeah, or like speed limits. It's, yeah. Wait. What? 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 What, <laughs> what was the next thing you're going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> so one of the authors, Evelyn Bromet, she mm. did a similar study after Three Mile Island, you hey. guys. Hey. Call back. <laughs> um, we did a tragedy Tuesday. You should listen to all our shows. Yeah, yes, should. listen to the Three Mile Island because I sure did. All right. I'm sorry I didn't. That's fine. I have other people did. Yeah, other people did. I heard it was great. My I heard it was. Did. I heard it was perfect. <laughs> they looked at mothers of young children and nuclear power plant workers from TMI, mm -hmm. yeah. and another power plant which hadn't malfunctioned. Okay. And so what they found was that if you perceived the situation as dangerous, you were more likely to be negatively affected by it right. than if you did not perceive it as dangerous. Or if you just got over it quickly. Hmm. Mm, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. From a, Because we're talking about psychology here. This is from a mental yeah. health perspective. This isn't <clears> about <throat> like whether your DNA is damaged, etc. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. So mothers of young children living within five miles of TMI who maintained the view that it was dangerous were much more likely to be symptomatic mental health wise than those who didn't hold that view. So... Is it all about perception of the warning? Is you it? got warned, you kind of got told, like, be careful, look for this and your children, look for that. Have an abortion. Is it, if you is it so easy to tease those apart? Are you worried about the health effects? Yes. Are you anxious? Well, it's kind of the same question. Now. <laughs> yeah, but the, the interesting thing is that the workers that were employed at TMI, yep. they did experience this initial surge of distress, but it yep. was short-lived. So right. they didn't actually... Which again, kind of makes sense. The workers are informed. Yeah. I, I would have... Yeah, okay. Perhaps, yeah. especially if this is in the U.S., yeah. where I'm thinking they were more informed. Well, yeah, like if yeah. you listen to the, tea, the Three Mile Island episode, yes, sorry, I Norm, no, no, but <laughs> if you're an actual fan that loves one of the hosts, then... <laughs> 
I'm and, so but sorry. in the Three Mile Island episode, we talked. Norm walked it through, and the operators of the plant knew exactly what was happening at most steps of the way. There was a few missteps, but you know they're informed. Now back to Chernobyl. Yeah. We're moving eleven years after the accident okay. to 1997. There yeah. was a follow-up with the same sample again. So they, they tested a sample in 1997 and then they followed them up again in 2006. Okay. Mm. And Evelyn Bromet, the one that we know from the Three Mile Island, yeah. she looked at evacuees versus non-evacuees and their mental health. What did they find? They looked at mothers with infants and pregnant women at the time. But how were there pregnant women if they all had abortions, reportedly? <laughs> <laughs> so clearly not everyone, right, was was obviously doing the abortion yep. that they were requested. Supposed to, yeah. yeah. So a study that she looked at with mothers with infants at the time and then pregnant women, almost um, 80% of these participants were from Pripyat. Okay. okay. Yeah. Mm. So they assessed 300 mother-child dyads and then 300 from the evacuees and then 300 mother-child dyads that were gender matched from somewhere else. Right. Gotcha. Mm. They focused on depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, and somatic symptoms. Mm -hmm. And overwhelmingly, evacuee mothers had significantly higher rates of PTSD, major depression, and somatic issues, which means just that they have excessive thoughts and feelings and behaviors related to physical symptoms. Okay. Makes right? sense. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yes. oh my God, there's something on my skin. Ah, I'm going to freak out. And Anytime think that you it's get a like, zit from then on. Yeah, it's, basically, yeah. right? Because oh, you experience this. Yeah. Um, yeah. They also rated their health as actually much worse than mothers who were not evacuees. The overall yeah. health. Yeah, jeez. Again, the risk perception was correlated to how they to they perceive their health, right? right. So, so the perception of how dangerous and brutal Chernobyl was, yeah. was then going to like kind of map onto how they felt about their health. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so moms who thought that Chernobyl had adversely affected them would later rate their overall health as worse, basically. Yeah. That's in a nutshell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So will someone please think about the children? Let's think about the children. Let's think about I them. I think it's time we thought about right? the children. Like what happened to those kids? What happened to the young kids? What happened to the, um, the ones the that fetuses. were in utero? Yeah. The fetus. Yeah. The feti. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is that how? No, I don't think fetuses. that's it. No. <laughs> um, so there was lots of rumors actually about brain damage in babies in utero at the time. No one knew much. They thought that you could develop dementia or schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. And even though the quantity of radiation that they actually were exposed to was much lower than that of survivors and evacuees from Hiroshima or yeah. Nagasaki. Mm -hmm. So it was much less than survivors experienced there with their young kids. Oh, right. People were still like, no, your child's going to be mentally challenged <clears throat> and it's going to be mentally delayed and you're going to yeah. experience I this, this, this. I bet it's this. all about the lack of information. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just don't know how bad it was. Right. Yeah. And so when studies actually started to be done on the outcomes of the children, some were done really, really well and others were really poor. And mm -hmm. one study that was done by the World Health Organization was actually really poor, which you don't usually hear. Yeah. Normally, the World Health Organization does good studies, but yeah. at this uh -huh. point in time, their methodology sucked. Sure. Okay. Apparently had huge, serious flaws <clears throat> of their field work. Right. But the studies were done about 12 years after the fact. So now they were 12-year-old children, and, and these ones were better in terms of methodology, and they found that there was no significant difference in intellectual functioning between those that were exposed and not. They did find that there was a difference in them developing childhood psychiatric disorders, though. Mm. Things like yeah. ADHD, yeah. things like anxiety disorders, that kind of stuff. Which, again, is like, well, if your mom is super yeah. stressed out. I was going to say, is that because you're, yeah. was my first thought. It's like, yeah. if you're, you like have a super stressed out, untreated mother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Like maybe that might also make you, you. Yeah, yeah, anxious, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But again, they didn't. There didn't really seem to be a dose response effect. So the research that came out of this wasn't really attributed to radiation. Again, maybe it was attributed to those mothers. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Another study, though, that came out from Ukraine showed higher rates of mental retardation, emotional problems, and borderline intelligence. And I'm just quoting what they said sure, because yeah. we don't call it that anymore. Right. They said it was directly caused by radiation. Okay. And so now, which one do you think the media would pick up and run with? Uh huh. Probably that the one, one that says everyone's fine. Oh, right. No. That one? No. no. Yeah. <laughs> the study had huge methodological flaws, but it was widely circulated around Ukraine. Mm. As we know that most stupid pseudoscience is. <laughs> right? Vaccination. It's more interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's super lame that that happened, but unfortunately, yeah. um, it did. It's the way. Now, most of the methodology, the methodologically sound research that has come out since then concurs with that WHO report, the World Health Organization report, mm, okay. basically showing nothing. Yeah, there's right. no differences. They're just fine. We, we know that there's no difference in academic achievement between exposed children and those that weren't exposed. There's no difference in them attending university. So you can kind of say that there's really no effect on cognition, yeah, mental yeah. delay, etc. Okay. In general, when we talk about mental health of children that were young or in utero, it's a mixed bag. Okay. Some studies find no difference. Others say there's slightly higher rates of depression and ADHD. Hmm. Interesting. But hmm. all in all, there's no real proof or support that children either in utero or really young during Chernobyl have any adverse effects in terms of cognition, emotional or developmental functions at all. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So it's limited to the adults, basically. Basically. Right. And even then, it's like maybe the psychological impact is is worse. We're getting, we're getting there. <laughs> okay. okay. <Right>? Then <laughs> then then maybe the even the physical stuff. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, yeah. All right. So now back to the cleanup workers. Yeah. What mm-hmm. about them, right? Yep. We talked all about them. What would you feel and think if you were made to clean up this mess? Like, I'm doomed. I'm dead. Yeah, right? I would say it depends because it depends on who's being told what. That's true. The first group of firefighters are just told that it's a roof fire. True. So Go they might not be that okay. worried until they start getting boils after being on the roof for four yeah. months. <laughs> oh my God. But, That's yeah. terrifying. I was thinking more of those 90 second dudes. Yeah. Those oh, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those 90 seconds must've been the most terrifying yeah. and stressful 90 seconds of their lives yeah. followed by the rest of their lives. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the waiting for the results. <laughs> no, or for the, sure. The, yeah. Absolutely. Consequences. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of summed up. I assume, what most people felt at that time. I think so. Mm -hmm. Um, And within this area of research, there's two kind of main streams. One is the effects of it on cognitive impairment, neuropsychological dysfunction, and psychosis. So Mm -hmm. I think you you kind of touched on that. Basically, you kind of are in this fog after. Uh, Yeah. For a bit, it's temporary, but some Mm -hmm. people thought it might be long-lasting. There's also the second stream, which is rates of emotional problems like suicide, aggression, mood disorders, alcohol abuse, that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's three main studies and they kind of need to take them with a grain of salt as well. But they showed that highly exposed workers were significantly more likely to develop schizophrenia than those that weren't. Hmm. Which is interesting because hmm. schizophrenia is one of those like in the hierarchy of stigma hmm. about mental health. Schizophrenia is like at the top. Right. Yeah. Okay. But even within that, it's really small. It's five in 10,000 versus one in 10,000. Okay. Okay. And then 86% of highly exposed workers suffered accelerated aging or something that they called hmm. radiation progeroid syndrome. Interesting. Really? Well, I mean, damaging your DNA. Yeah. That's We're going to have a sidebar. Because oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool, this okay, part, I enough. thought. Let's hear it. Okay. So progeroid syndrome is something 
basically means DNA can't repair itself, right? Right. Mm. And it's going to be causing premature aging. Now, usually this is caused by mutations in the DNA, but it's kind of hard to see and know that. And for a long time, the way this was tested was just by a battery of tests or questionnaires or physical things that they made you do. Mm. And they said, okay, you are older than other people your age, <laughs> right? Based on these. So there was a study by Polyukov and colleagues in 2000, and they looked at... 306 people that were working at Chernobyl mm -hmm. and they studied the accelerated rate of aging. So they had three main measures. They had the integral biological age. Mm -hmm. And so this is their claim that they estimate the aging of the whole organism. Mm -hmm. They had the cardiopulmonary age, which is your heart and lung mm -hmm. age. Yeah. And the way they did that was arterial blood pressure, time of breath holding mm -hmm. during inspiration and expiration. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how... How strong are your lungs, I guess? Uh, yeah, yeah. So how much can you breathe? Yeah. Can you breathe normally? Yeah. Like a like a someone who's 18 versus yeah. someone who's 95. Right. Yeah. And heart rate at rest and after 10 squats. So Run they did squats. that. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then they did the psychological age and that was based on things like um, you scales of... If you laugh at parts. Yeah, 10 out of 10. <laughs> I'm super young. No, but psychological <laughs> scales of depression, hypochondria, neuroticism, that kind of stuff. Okay. So what did they find? They found that 81% of men and 77% of women as compared to controls did have this premature aging. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Did they say by how much? Or yes. it's just advanced? Okay. No, no, hang on. Okay. I have the actual, let me just make sure I have it here. Okay. For, first of all, they also found that people younger than 45 were the most vulnerable. Okay. Hmm. So already that kind of sucks because, well, I mean, I assume most of the workers were younger than that anyway, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're more vulnerable to aging prematurely yeah. when you're younger, that also mm, sucks. That sucks. Mm -hmm. But what they found was that the biological age exceeded its average populational value by five years. So okay. they were roughly five years older in terms of that integral biological age yeah. and the cardiopulmonary age and 11 years older than the non Chernobyl people. Oh, I see. Um, mm. In terms of psychological age. Wow. So it's like hmm. it aged them 11 years psychologically. Interesting. Wow. But five years in terms of their heart and lung function. I wonder how much of that was physical radiation damage to their brains and how much of it is... Is the, it just acute or the chronic stress? And exactly, yeah, exactly. just kind of growing up fast. Yeah. Quote, you know, like just these things affect you. Yeah. And your outlook. No, it's true. So I wanted to know, is there something more quantifiable? Is there something more quantifiable? There is. Oh! In terms of telomere length. Have you heard oh, about yeah. telomere no. length? No. Okay, we're going to try to do this quickly, but <laughs> succinctly, because our son might be imploding upstairs. I don't know. <laughs> You're running around. He's probably fine. Okay, all right, all right. It sounds um, like sounds of joy. Yeah. So I found a really cool study, and this is from 2014. So it's fairly recent, actually, okay. in terms of like when the accident happened. Mm -hmm. And they were from authors Resty et al. Okay. For mm -hmm. those of you who might want to look it up. But they looked at telomere length in... Chernobyl accident recovery workers. Mm -hmm. So telomeres are DNA tandem repeats of six bases, TTAGGG, for those of you that want to know this specific. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but God. basically they're the yeah. end of chromosomes. So they're on the end of chromosomes and they just, they're little caps okay. onto the end of it and they just repeat. Okay. They are thought to protect cells against fusion between chromosomes and against cell death. Okay. With every cell division, our telomeres actually shorten a little bit to a point where you can shorten no more yeah. and then the cell will die. In theory, longer telomeres would be good because that means you would be longer mm -hmm. lived. More division. Also, I think lobsters don't lose telomere length. 
So oh. they're essentially immortal. Oh, is that why they're immortal? Oh. If they weren't mortal. so tasty. <laughs> you don't live very long. <laughs> Poor lobsters. <laughs> I'm sad room. at Loblaws when I see them. I know, yeah. it's horrible. Our son likes it though. Well, he likes yeah, looking at cool. them. He doesn't, yeah. he's never had lobster yet. That's true. After every cell division, they shorten until they hit a limit, which is actually called the Hayflick limit, mm -hmm. in which they can't shorten anymore. And they'll enter cell cycle arrest and then eventually cell death. Mm. Sheesh. And telomeres are super sensitive to oxidative stress and exposure to ionizing radiation. Oh, no. We heard all about that. That's From nuclear nor. Yeah. <laughs> I miss him. <laughs> Where is nuclear nor? So they're really important in aging processes and in carcinogenesis, mm. actually. So in having cancer. Yep. Yeah. There's this enzyme called telomerase that works against the shortening and actually mm. adds these DNA repeats and compensates for the loss. What's interesting, though, because you might think, oh, that's good. It's mm -hmm. going to prolong your life yep. if you have lots of telomerase mm -hmm. activity. Actually, when we see it really high, we also see we find that in cancer cells. Oh, OK. Yeah. This really overactive telomerase right. activity. Working overtime. Yeah. So back to Chernobyl workers, there is something about telomerase that can be indicative of your health, of your lifespan and... What did they find? Cleanup workers had significantly longer telomere mm, length. Because of cancer? Yeah. Okay. And they actually suggested <laughs> that it was this, they had a telomerase regulation dysfunction and it affected the individuals and it actually made them more vulnerable to cancer in the long run. Interesting. Of the workers that they tested that had shorter telomeres, they had cataracts, osteoporosis, atherosclerosis, and coronary heart disease. So things that are all to do with aging. Right, yeah. Right? Because yeah. they're shortening uh, and aging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating. But that's the end of that sidebar. sidebar. <laughs> Close sidebar. All right, all right. Back to the psychology. Back to the actual psychology. Mm -hmm. The rates of suicide were much higher, was much higher in liquidators. Mm -hmm. And liquidators... Is this word, did you guys talk about liquidators? Mm, yeah, the people that went around to basically kill all the animals in the countryside. Oh, yeah. And also the people that shoveled the graphite off the roofs. Right. The core. It, it's actually translates to, it's uchasnik likvidati posledstvi avari. Okay. Which is basically translates to participant in liquidation of the Chernobyl MPP accident consequences. Of course uh -huh. it is. I got that. Typical Soviet like, naming scheme. <laughs> yeah. And I might, I probably Scrolls didn't. Off um, the tongue. Yeah. I probably didn't pronounce that right because I don't speak Ukrainian. Right. Or Russian, rather. But anyway, in general, they were the ones that did all that yeah. messy stuff that you don't want. So suicide rates were yeah. much higher in them, obviously. Sure. Um, than the general population. And a lot of that was attributed to actually the fact that they were forced volunteers, right? They yeah, weren't right. like, oh, who wants to volunteer no, to go no. clean it? It's they like, got their no. Number yeah, you <laughs> yeah. Get, the, get, get out there and get do it. Get on the bus. And they were actually uncertain as to the amount of radiation they were exposed to. And they were really fearful about future radiation related diseases. So that contributed to the suicide rate yeah. increase. Yeah, sure. Across the board, workers had significantly higher rates of depression, post traumatic stress disorder, and suicidal ideation. And in general, it appears that the workers that were on the roof had mm. the most mental health issues. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that. 90 second maximum. Yeah. It's not, it's too much to, you know, slough off or whatever. Yeah. And, no, yeah. exactly. It's like, it's just, you. it's too, it, yeah, it's too much to just to be say, say, oh, well, I was kind of far away yeah. from it. You weren't. I'm probably You fine. were literally on the roof yeah. of but, this. But again, you you don't know. You run through a fire and you <clears throat> see your third degree burns. Yeah. But with the radiation, you maybe you got... A ton of it, maybe you got none and you got lucky. That's, you didn't get none, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like maybe you got a tiny amount or maybe you got a lethal dose 
maybe you'll be dead in 20 years or in a month. Yep. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's this Can't kind of fear well. of the unknown. You yeah. don't know what's going to happen. And we mm -hmm. actually see something similar to that in workers at TMI okay. and at first responders at things like 9-11. Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so sense. we kind of see it across the board. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's kind of it. Let's recap quickly yeah. about what we've learned. So <laughs> lots of studies showed that kind of the primary and longest lasting effect of Chernobyl was not really the physical stuff. Mm -hmm. It was the emotional, psychological stuff. That's the long that lasting. Depression, the anxiety, the post-traumatic stress, the suicide, all these things come to mind, especially in those high-risk groups like yeah. mothers of young infants yeah. or the cleanup crew or pregnant women. You could even, I, there's an argument that that's global. Oh, yeah. Like just oh, yeah. a general anxiety around nuclear. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely yeah. yeah. That was ground zero, I yeah, would say. Yeah. Definitely. Again, to recap, those who did believe that their health was negatively affected by radiation exposure were the most likely and we're the most vulnerable to mental health effects, right? Yeah. So if you were mm -hmm. if you were the most scared of it, you would be the most affected by it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I want to make the argument that we have some ha we have a handful of physical long-term issues, right? Cataracts is common, yeah. thyroid problems, leukemia, right? Mm -hmm. All these are really important and long-lasting and, and horrible. Yeah. But we can actually argue that the longest-lasting effect was the fear. Yeah. yeah. And the psychological toll that that took. Right. Yeah. With people that were evacuated, but around the world, like you guys said. Right. People, yeah. I mean, you say Chernobyl today. Yeah. People, most people know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Those implications are. And they have that little fear, like, ooh. Like, ooh. Yeah. Ugh. Chernobyl is not the capital of a region in Ukraine. No. Chernobyl is the, it's one of the worst man-made disasters. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's a ghost place yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you go on tour or whatever if you yeah. want to be freaked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to go. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Okay, yeah, yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Also, it's interesting because even when you tell the moms of these children, they did, this was an interesting study. Basically, mothers who were exposed, they were sure that their children had memory problems. Right. Hmm. Even when the studies came out that said, your children are no worse academically, they don't develop schizophrenia than non-exposed children, yeah. Yeah. your children are fine. They didn't believe it. They right. still thought that their children had memory problems. Right. So it's kind of like the research is coming out and your perception of stuff is not jiving. So no matter how much you tried to make people feel better, it's kind of like vaccines, right? If you've made up your mind yeah. about not vaccinating, it's like it's so hard to, <laughs> yeah, to change someone's yeah. mind. What's yeah. some common sense going to do for you? Yeah, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And finally, this chapter talks, and I think rightly so, about the fact that there's not enough resources given to people that were suffering from the psychological effects. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. It was all about the physical stuff and yeah, like, sure. oh, did you, did, were you irradiated? Okay, you get this and you get that mm. and you get that, even though they didn't actually get very much. No. Right. Um, but really, no. And especially over time, right? Like the, the people that mm. were in Chernobyl are, I mean, they're 30 now. 35, right? The children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not it's not that long ago and they still need help. Yep. So it's hopefully that they're a little bit more likely to get it now. Yeah. Yeah. But it's definitely not a forgotten thing and and that we still need to be supporting the people that went through it. I mean, definitely, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's yeah, it's still um, pretty fresh. That's kind of it for wow, me. That's a, that's a tragic Tuesday. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good follow-up for our yeah. Chernobyl series yeah, and our three nice, mile uh, episode. Nice epilogue. We got a nice chunk of nuclear episodes. If you're yeah. just joining us for this one, go back and listen to them. Part one, part two of Chernobyl and Through My Island. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a music choice for that? I do. Hey, I am right. totally not as into music as you we do. We were kind of joking. <laughs> N name an album. 
I don't know. <laughs> oh, I see. You just, you just, yeah. but Aqua? You just listen differently. I do. You, you, we I, have a lot of like I, favorite songs in common, but not. There's no wrong way to listen to music. Oh, no, absolutely. Exactly. And, and so I was like, I need to find something cool enough for you guys. <laughs> I was like, I need to find Whatever. something cool enough for this podcast. <laughs> to be fair, though, when I thought about like music that, that would make, I don't know, that made me feel this way, yeah, it yeah. was mono. You know Mono? They're the uh, Japanese. Yeah, of course. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. 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 We saw them live once. We did see them yeah. live once. I saw them live once. Yeah. Maybe we're all the same place. Barrymore's? No. Uh, ritual. Ritual. Yeah. Anyway. So we... <laughs> so oh, I well. thought of the song uh, from their album. Yeah. See, look, I know this album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rays of Darkness from 2014. Yeah. Yep. And well, it's called... An <laughs> it's called Recoil Ignite. Okay. Nice. It starts off kind of depressing, yet optimistic. Right. It's like, you know, it's it's sad, but there's kind of this undercurrent of hope, which is kind of how I, I imagine Ukraine at the time, especially yeah. the people living in Pripyat. They're like... Okay, life is kind of shitty, but my husband works at this awesome nuclear plant and we've got yeah. like a wonderful little city and a community and mm. our kids are fine, whatever. Yeah. Then all hell kind of breaks loose mm. a little bit. Yeah. And for around another 10 minutes, because this is yeah, a 13 minute song. Mono yeah. doesn't write song. No, exactly, but this is my point. Succinct. But this is my point too, yeah. because mm. it's such a long lasting, the psychological impacts are so long lasting. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, this long song actually kind of makes yep. sense in yep. that, in that term and then I also just imagine at the end it's almost just all noise yeah. which is kind of gives me the feeling of the, those chaotic anxious thoughts that anyone who suffers from anxiety will know what I'm talking about right, right. Um, you know they kind of abate but then they come back and then they yeah. kind of get slow again and then yeah. they come back yeah. again and it's kind of those phases that you would go through if you're a mother or high, in the high risk group of everything's fine until oh my god I have a mole but disappeared <laughs> right. is this cancer? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right? So things like that. And in general, I just think it's, uh, you know, it, it starts off slow, but then it kind of, there's almost like, you know, the crescendo of when the accident happens and then yeah. it kind of turns to noise. So yeah. Yeah. I need that. Great pick. Cool. And good reasons. Good pick. And you probably just heard a bunch just now. Mono are good for that joyful sorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It there. is. It is. That's, yeah. Sweet. Okay. Well, that was another one of our Tragedy Tuesday episodes. Thanks for joining us. If you want to help us out, best thing you can do is tell a friend to listen. And now we have another feature that Gary's, if, if you want to come back, you can come back anytime you I want. I would love to come the back. The door is open. Uh, we'll, think of a, we'll think of a feature name. We're calling it Tragedy Tuesday, but maybe it'll, it'll get its own name at some yeah. point. Sounds good. Uh, but yeah, tell a friend. Uh, if you enjoyed what you hear, subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a review. That helps a lot. You can check out our social medias at This Disaster Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, www.thisdisasterpod.com. Also, we just set up a Patreon. If you want to help us out, uh, we just have one donation tier right now. But if we get enough donors, then we have some ideas for some sweet new content. So check that out. Patreon.com slash this disaster pod. Yeah. Be a patriot. That's do not your, what it is. Do your patriotic that's duty not what for it, us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do that. <laughs> that's how it works, right? Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, and other than that, thanks for tuning in and join us for our next major disaster. Give them money. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, you heard her. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye.